Terry Savage joins us now, the syndicated financial columnist, every Wednesday at terrysavage.com. Terry's also the author of that book, Social Security Horror Stories. Hi, Terry. Welcome back. Wait, wait, wait. I haven't been listening all day. So tell me the toll-free number again. I have to, I have to call God bless in. you. 844-361-8400. Okay, that's and what I wrote down. That's okay. wonderful. How are you, Terry? I'm good. How are you? Pretty good. Are you waiting to hear what the Fed chair yeah. says? I'm holding my breath and turning purple. <laughs> Look, here's the thing. Um, it's like reading tea leaves. Remember in the old days, I mean, the Greek ancient days, where they went to the Oracle at Delphi and yeah. waited for a pronouncement? I mean, I read about that in, I guess, high school or college. That's kind of what the markets are like, waiting for the Fed to say something. In general, everybody knows the Fed isn't going to change rates today. But look at the situation we're faced with. All seems to be going well. Dare we utter the word soft landing. Consumer prices and producer prices this morning are out. They're flat or down a little. And we're talking around the 3% level for consumer prices. So that's still 50% to get to their 2% preferred inflation rate. But it's come down so much. The stock market is still within 200 points of its all-time high. So the market's doing well. And 30-year mortgage rates actually at the long end, not waiting for the Fed to cut, the sense that inflation is coming down has driven down rates in the free market. So mortgage rates, which were 8% uh, for 30-year fixed rate, are now just over 7%, although home prices have not dropped. There's no distressed selling. Employment is still is strong. Wages are still rising. Oil and gas prices at year lows. It's not only helpful when you fill up your car, but the winter heating oil season. So that should, you know, help cut inflation further. So, you know, it's like the hallelujah season. Now, I know what you're going to say. Terry, you told us to warn, you warned us about a recession. You warned us about a recession. And I will say, look, there are still financial issues out there. Number one is, how's the government going to refinance this huge and growing debt in the year ahead? What will politics, role will politics play, not only in the budget and the debt ceiling issues that will come around again, but of course, it's a presidential election year. Many companies took out debt at low rates for two or three or four years. Uh, real estate companies, you know, people who own those office buildings that are still half vacant. There could be financial issues in the banking industry. And I'm not being negative, but just trying to say, in my experience over all these years, most people, us, the, our, we're the ordinary people, we're not the famed economists, don't see a recession coming. They look and they say, the water feels good to me right now. And you're looking around, it does. It's, you know, just right. But even as widely advertised as the recession we, recession we haven't had this past year, I'm going to say don't relax your guard. And particularly, you know, I'm not tired of being the nanny state here, but with interest rates now coming down, although you could still get 3.4% in six month, I'm sorry, 5.4% in six month T-bills, how extraordinarily insane is it to be paying 21% or more on those credit card bills that will come in January. Yeah. So what the Fed does or doesn't do, or when they feel comfortable enough to say, we beat inflation, we'll cut rates, that's really irrelevant to your life. Understand it's year end, what you own, 
take a look at your what your investments are. Is that what you want to go into the new year owning, even inside your IRA? Do you, if you have profits, we're near all-time highs. Do you want to let them ride and, and count on new highs? Do you want to set some aside and be a little more conservative? Inside your retirement account, there's no tax consequence. So that's what you should be looking at right now. And on your own personal balance sheet, come on, take a look. A friend of mine called me and I said, well, before I give you any advice, tell me what the balance is on each card and what the interest rate. Well, I don't know, but it's a lot. I said, that's not an answer. Just do that homework. Well, I kind of don't want to look. Look, right now is the time to look. That's my message. It's funny because you sound a little like Tom Fortino, who's doing his own show on Sundays here and regularly visits with us. And he said, um, "Ask when, when you ask people what the tax consequences are or where their money is invested, a lot of us go, I don't, I don't know, it's in a thing. And he said, you should know. You should know where your money is and what the tax consequences are of those investments. And I think a lot of us kind of throw up our hands because it's scary or we just haven't spent the time and money to figure it out. And there's Terry doubling down on that message. You said something as we left for the break. Yes. And it made me feel like I should give you a preview. In fact, it made me feel like I should break the embargo. And so as soon as this show is over, I will post my next column. Uh, Because you know how you left it? You said this is the moment when you should know and nobody wants to know. So my next column is called The Gift of Financial Organization. And one element of it is something I'd like to focus in right now. Nobody wants to look, but I can make it easy, very easy for you to look, see, find out, know, and act. Now, please just willing suspension of disbelief about financial technology. I've been a proponent of it for years. I was probably the first person ever use Quicken. It sits on your computer to track your spending and budget and see what categories your spending is in. And then a year ago came something called Mint, which was an app on your phone that did the same thing and more. It hits you with text messages, you know, don't pay for dinner. You've overspent your your entertainment budget for the month. Oh, wow. They just did away with Mint. They folded in um, at year end. So what is going to be the replacement. There are a half a dozen apps out there. If you're already doing it, if you like, you need a budget or monarch money or bunch. But I zeroed in on one and I actually wanted to see how easy it was. So I downloaded Simplify by Quicken. So it's Quicken Simplify. It's a financial planning, tracking data program. You can have it safely on your phone or you can use the web app. It will easily connect easily. You don't have to know any routing numbers or anything to all your bank accounts, credit cards, investment accounts, including your IRAs, including your 401k. And it will sort out your spending. You can set your own categories for spending. It will remind you that every month about this time you pay your phone bill, your uh, electric bill, your rent or your mortgage. It will track your cash flow for you. It'll track your investments really minutely. What was the cost of that? And if a couple uses it, They can uh, password protect that one credit card you use to buy your spouse's holiday present or Uh, birthday present. So it will be up at terrysavage.com. Oh, and the best deal is if you do it right now, right now, the cost is only $2 a month. 
Now, Mint was free, that app, but you used to get bombarded with, we've decided you could use a better credit card, or you should refinance your mortgage, or here's an ad for this or that. You get none of that with Simplify. Just go to quicken.com slash Simplify, S-I-M-P-L-I-F-I. I know it sounds like a commercial. I'm not getting paid. I'm paying $2 a month. You pay the whole year ahead. It's refundable if you pay and you don't like it. And I think... That's what you should be doing. For everyone out there who said, oh, yeah, that's me. I don't kind of really know everything. Go do that. Yeah. That's 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 my goal. Every year in January, I start doing what's a goal. One year it was refinance your mortgage. One year it was get out of your low-rate CDs and buy T-bills. I think that my goal for 2024 is know what you own, know what you owe, know your cash flow. And I think that's what you're going to have to do to be successful in the year ahead. What do you make of uh, cash for a gift or a gift card or something like that? Well, every year I get a, a press release that says Americans have a zillion dollars sitting in uncashed gift cards. You really want to do someone a favor that um, makes sense if it's your, your spouse or your sister-in-law or your child, your adult child. Say, show me your latest credit card bill. What's the balance? I'm going to show you that. I'm going to make a checkout to you know, Chase or Capital One or American Express, whatever it might be, and I want to send it to pay down your credit card wow. bill. Wow. Whoa. That's there's a, a clever idea. I mean, idea. not like I'm counting on you to use it to pay down your debts, and you decide to go, well, but that could go to our vacation fund in February. No, no, no. I'm going to actually pay down some of your debt. That's a great gift. Terry Savage is joining us, the nationally syndicated financial columnist, the author of Social Security Horror Stories. TerrySavage.com is her website. By the way, Terry, you and I have a mutual friend in Ray Kaplan, the attorney who specializes in student debt, and I think we've all been paying attention to what she's been up to lately. No, we haven't. And here's a message. Ray and I were on the phone last night. Oh, yeah? I just posted a column at terrysavage.com. Here's a shout out. Anyone, anyone, anyone who has an outstanding student loan needs to read this column. Basically, December 31st ends the amazing time in which you can get a one-time account adjustment. And how you do that is up on terrysavage.com. Basically, it allows you to consolidate all of your student loans and get credit for payments going way back. So let me give you the most extreme example that Ray Kaplan gave me, and her website is com. She'll talk to you about this. Suppose you're a parent and you still have your old student loans. A lot of people, you know, now you have an 18-year-old child, you're going to college, and they have student loans, and you're stay, still paying on that old loan. The balance is low. You can consolidate the new loans that are outstanding, that Parent PLUS loans you took out for your child, with those old ones, and get credit for all the years you've been in repayment. It's an astounding program. They've already paid out $132 billion in total loan forgiveness. Now, any other time you consolidate student loans, it restarts the clock. But if you do your consolidation before year end, you get credit 
for all those years of payments, you may have reached the point where, because loan interest was accruing, you may have reached the point where you've paid off your original loan, but you still owe a balance, and there will be huge forgiveness. $132 billion has already been forgiven. I mean, it sound like I'm selling a Vegematic, but I truly <laughs> want you to go, if you, your child, your niece, your nephew, go to terrysavage.com. Read that article. It'll give you a link to Ray Kaplan. Yeah. But you only have two weeks now. You do this all online, by the way. It's not like you have to go through a whole process. You go to studentaid.gov, and that's how you consolidate your loans, choose a new servicer, and apply for this one-time consolidation that takes into all those years. Even if some of those years you weren't paying, you were in forbearance, you were, you were just not in repayment, as long as they were in some form of status, even if you weren't making a payment, yeah. all those loan years count toward the total loan repayment, which leads to forgiveness of the remaining balance, or could shorten your remaining payments to a couple more years. And particularly those people who have public service loan forgiveness opportunities, because you work for 10 years for an employer that was qualified. There's a paragraph in there that shows you why you must also do this right now. It's a chance to get out from under those balances. Tell everybody. I, I can't give you the whole. Ray can give you that deal in two minutes. You know, though, it's funny because. I just want to draw your attention to it. A friend it. of mine called me the other day, and she said, what was the number for Ray Kaplan? And here's what I think happens, because she's not in student loan debt, but her kid is. And I think a lot of 20-somethings aren't listening to this radio station. but. Yeah. They're, parents and grandparents are, and you may not be intimately aware of how much debt the kids have, and they aren't listening to us, so you need to tell them, yes. you know, be a good steward for them and just say, hey, it's none of my business, but I'm just telling you, if you don't know about Ray Kaplan or if you don't know about this um, debt forgiveness that's out there, don't let the door close. Go to terrysavage.com. I just posted the one about financial organization. Underneath it, though, is student loan year-end deadline. Click on it. You know how to take a link and send it to them by text. Anybody who has a student loan, anybody, should know about this program that ends December 31st. And, and you know, and if uh, if you want to write down a phone number, I'll at least give Ray's, because uh, I know do. It, it's easy to remember. It's 312, and then it's 294, because that's the Tri-State Tollway, 294, and then it's 8989, <laughs> and that's Mike Ditka's number. So think Chicago 312, Tri-State Tollway, 294, Dicka, 8989. <laughs> Can I read you Only a you. letter from one of our, or email from one of our listeners? It sure. says, we're in our late 60s. We both retired several years ago when we were 62. We have just over $1 million in retirement investment funds. We're very diversified have a fiduciary planner. We use Vanguard to manage funds. Also, one Social Security income, one pension. We're going to start the second Social Security at the age of 70. But I hate to spend money on anything. I'm so afraid this won't be enough if we both live long. And that's the end of the message. No question, but I wonder what you would say to those people. Well, you know what destroys your retirement faster than anything else except for maybe the need for long-term care is being up in the middle of the night wondering about that. And your financial planner should be able to, a fiduciary financial planner especially, should be able to give you some assurances that the lifestyle you've planned, the spending you're doing, the income you've set up to receive, even adjusted for inflation, should 
probably cover it. But you know, the truth is, if you're in your early 60s, you might have a 30-year period ahead of lifetime. So I'm not sure that at this stage of your life, you want to completely rely on your investments and your Social Security. And maybe you might want to think about what could you be doing on a part-time basis to bring in some income to delay some of those retirement withdrawals. And I can tell you that will set your mind at peace a lot easier than any anything else because no one can give you a promise except Social Security that your income will keep up with inflation. So try working another five or six years, even if you retired from your job. I wonder if that's um, humiliating isn't the right word, but I wonder if... No, that's when... smart. And besides, you're bored. How bored could you be if you've worked all this lifetime? But it could be something different. Maybe you want to uh, start a business ferrying seniors, real seniors, who are not 60, doesn't count as senior anymore, to doctor's appointments or something like that. There's all kinds of ways you could contribute your talents, bring in some money, and again, I really hope you didn't take Social Security yet because you cost yourself a small fortune. Uh, I think one of you is waiting till age 70. Yep. Make sure that when you signed up, you did not check the box, apply for all benefits because they may have deemed you to take in your spousal benefits at the same time. Well, if you, even if you make $15 an hour and you work 20 hours a week, um, I suppose folks in their 60s could find that's $300 a week, a $300 a week job, right? Um, yeah. and I, maybe that would forestall some people spending money they have or give them a little more assurance that they have a little mad money. But I also think people who are retired, retired, they don't want to work 20 hours. At That's $15 not quite true. I have news for you. There's a whole bunch of research and we just did a podcast. Go to terrysavage.com, click on the podcast that I do with, uh, Pam Kruger and Richard Eisenberg on friendstalkmoney.org and search, go to friendstalkmoney.org and search for the ones that talk about how many people are coming out of retirement, not necessarily out of financial need, but because the, the universe demands their skills, yeah. they're very reliable people and they either start their own businesses or going back as consultants and the joy it brings them uh, to not wonder what's on TV tonight, what do we have for dinner, but to have something more going on in your life is really amazing. Okay, Terry, um, a lot of wisdom from you today and good website information, too. I'm out of time today, um, but uh, we'll be here uh, next week. I'm not sure. Will you and I be on the radio next week? Are you going to join us? I'll be here waiting for you. If you're not there, I'm coming on anyway. <laughs> a, is that a promise or a threat? That's uh, Terry Savage. <laughs> you take it that way. Yeah. TerrySavage.com. Thank you, Terry. More business news with Steve Grzanich. Start your timer. It's time for the Wintrust Business Minute, sharing Chicago's business news of the day. The parent company of Mariano's Kroger says thousands of employees working remotely will have to be back in the office for most of the work week starting in February. Kroger is the largest supermarket operator in the U.S. and runs Mariano's locally. The employees were told they'll have to be in the office three to five days a week starting February 5th, up from two days a week now. The new rules impact about 5,800 workers, including some in Chicago. The latest survey of security swipes shows 55.6% of Chicago workers are back in the office. The data is from Castle Systems, which analyzes building security card swipes. Cranes reports Chicago numbers are four percentage points higher than the national average. The average of the top cities is currently 51.6 percent. Houston leads the major cities with 58.3 percent of workers back in the office. I'm Steve Grutanich, and that's your Wintrust Business Minute. Here's the business of food with Steve Alexander. Yes, thank you. And how about this headline? The Panama Canal doesn't have enough water. 
Susan Stroud heard about it, decided to go down and take a look. You really don't understand how it works until you get there and see it yourself. And what she found after, I thank the Chevy Silverado and ChevyDriveChicago.com for sponsoring us today. There's never been a better time to put a Silverado in your toolbox. It's not a great time to be trying to cross the Panama Canal because of drought. They're looking at their driest rainy season and their lowest lake levels, which Gatoon Lake is the freshwater lake that is providing the water necessary to operate the canal. The locks where ships enter and leave the canal are on either side of the lake. Many of those ships contain Illinois soybeans, corn, and wheat headed to the Far East. Susan Stroud covers those commodities in her daily newsletter called No Bull Egg. She went to the canal last month, and how was it? It was so exciting being there. It's always amazing when you're standing next to a vessel that's a quarter mile long. But the water is getting so low that quotas are being imposed on how many ships can pass through. They keep cutting back the number of transits, preparing for the fact that they know they're going into several months here where they're going to have a major, major water deficit problem. Dozens of ships are waiting to get through. Skipping the line is possible at a price. There was an LNG carrier that paid almost $4 million to skip the line. Yeah, but there's more than one way for a boatload of Illinois soybeans to get to China. How about the Suez Canal? If you don't have any delays in Panama, it's 10 to 14 days longer. And when you factor in the current wait to get through the Panama Canal, about 10 days or so? It's almost a wash. But as the dry, rainy season ends and the dry, dry season begins, getting through the Panama Canal may take even longer. Yeah, so we are seeing reports that vessels are switching. Susan Stroud has a lot more to say about the Panama Canal and where can we find you? You can learn more information about my email updates at nobullag.com. I like that. I wonder if she awards no bull prizes each year. On the food calendar, today is National Hot Cocoa Day. I'm Steve Alexander. That's the business of food on 720 WGN.